I hope you guys enjoyed Easter. Uh, we had a fantastic Easter at New Life Church. It was a lot of fun. We kicked off a new teaching series called Chosen. How many of you guys have watched season one of the series? It has three seasons to it, but you watched season one of The Chosen. It came out a few years ago, right? Like it's a crowdfunded, it's a crowdfunded, um, you know, opportunity for us to present the good news of Jesus in a very unique way. It, it doesn't actually necessarily stick to like, hey, Matthew chapter one, and then, you know, verse one, then two, and then three, and then four, and that. It, it really kind of takes the, the, the summary of the gospels, and then it, it tries to portray Jesus in a way that I think that you can really identify with. And here's, here's what I'm really looking for out of this series. I'm looking for you to know who Jesus is in a deeper, better way than you ever have before. In fact, maybe even a more accurate way than you ever have before. I'm also looking for uh, us to have a fresh revelation of what it means to follow Jesus. Uh, I think we know a little bit about Jesus from what we've read, but I think there's a lot more that could happen. I want you to see a new paradigm of Jesus. I want you to have your imagination of Jesus come alive. And for some of you, you lost your imagination somewhere in the course of life. You guys know what I'm talking about. Right? The older we get, the more we think we know, we lose our imagination. And I think that there's something about imagination that God gave us that when we go back to the scriptures and we read it, that we allow our imagination to bring the story alive. I think this series is going to help you uh, do that. I also want you to have uh, your desire for Jesus. Just to know who he is, I want that to increase. Uh, and I also think that maybe during this teaching series, your excitement to follow Jesus is going to be infused with a fresh passion. And I want to see that happen for you. So if you like that, if that's what you want for your life, then you're going to love this series, right? But if that's not intriguing to you, well, then, you know, hopefully somewhere along the way in this series, the light comes on and some fresh revelation starts to flow. One of the creative things that we're going to do is, uh, during this series is that Every, every week I'm going to kind of use one of the episodes in season one as a diving board. I'm not going to preach uh, out of all those episodes. We're just going to, we're kind of picking a few of them. We're going to use it as a diving board, like to jump into a sermon, to make it, you know, something practical that you can apply to your life, right? And so that's important, and that's my role as uh, the senior leader uh, here at the church. Uh, but we're also going to show a part of a clip right? That will be from a episode that we're using as well. So whatever that episode is got going on and the scriptures that they're, they're trying to portray in the way that Jesus lived his life, that's what we're going to use as our, as, our, as our starting point, our springboard um, into a, a message. So how can you maximize this series? Well, one of the things I want you to do is I want you to consider going back and re-watching or watching for the very first time season one of The Chosen. And by the way, not just watching it, but what if you watched it with the church? What if we had a large viewing party that you didn't have to like get out of your house, get in your car, and drive to the church to watch it? Like, what if we just had a viewing party where we knew that during this particular week, all of us are watching episode one and two, and then you were able to like go on in a chat discussion group and actually talk about some of the things that you know stood out to you with some questions that were predetermined that we sent out to you. Because that's exactly what our very own Pastor Robert Gans from our online campus has done for you. He has designed a way for all of us to kind of walk through season one together and share 
um, our findings with one another so we can help each other grow. Um, he, he just simply called it the Chosen Online Discussion Group. I thought, I thought this younger generation was more creative than that. But surprise, all right? Um, it's, the, it's pretty straightforward, though. I like that, all right? It's the Chosen Online Discussion Group. Um, and so if you want to be a part of that, just text the word CHOSEN right now to the number you see on your screens at all campuses, okay? And if you do that, then we'll send you out a notification. Hey, this week we're watching episodes, you know, two and three. And then we'll send you some questions or a link where you can go to the chat and you can actually interact. You can read what other people saw and how it impacted their spiritual journey. And I just think that you, uh, you'll grow from it. And you'll also be prepared then for the, the upcoming sermons that are going to be, be on Sundays. So let's jump in. This week I chose episode three. The title of the episode is Jesus Loves the Little Children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. Jesus. And that's for those of you who grew up in church. All right? The rest of you, you're like, what in the world was that? Like, um, is that a theme song of the church? Um, like, do they do that every week? Did I just miss something? Was I supposed to stand? What was I supposed to do? Um, but no, that's the title of it. And it reminded me of me growing up in church. Right? And it kind of like, it, it, I tried to kind of put myself back in the shoes of what it was like to to be a child back in children's church. Now, for me, what was interesting about children's church is that my parents led children's church. So well, guess who didn't get away with anything? Right? They even had the key to the, what we called the superstore. Right? If you were good, you got like little tokens and these kind of things. You can go use them in the superstore. Well, guess who had to be the last one in the line of the superstore? So guess, guess who knew what was in the Superstore and wanted it, but realized I had to be the last in the line so all the other kids were going to get everything from the Superstore, right? Me. Guess who, when they got up there, said, I only have two tokens. I know that one's for five. Can I please have it? And my dad looked at me basically with that, those eyes of like, don't ever ask that question again. <laughs> right? Like, so I, I remember what it was like. I remember Father Abraham, right? He had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, Right? I remember pulling out one of my own child, like baby teeth, chewing on a piece of candy from church that had probably been around from the 50s. <laughs> but it was in the super, it was in the superstore. And I bit down on that thing and it locked my jaw together. And as I pulled it apart, the tooth just came right out with it. It was the coolest thing ever as a kid at church. <laughs> right? I remember as a kid falling asleep in the pew. While the pastor's preaching, that didn't take long, by the way. Um, hopefully you don't do that here, right? That's the reason why we don't have pews on the lower level. So enjoy falling asleep up there, right? But not down here, okay? But I man, I remember that. I remember my, my little matchbox cars running them on the pew back and forth, and my mom kind of like with that snap. You know, the, you know how parents communicate? They can, they can communicate without words. They can look at you. It's the snap of the head. It's the... Right? And you just say, like, okay, I got it. Or it's the, it could just be the point, like that. I mean, you know how we are, and man, there I am. I'm like, like right? I remember all of it. I remember, I remember, you know, cutting some grass the very first time and earning some money, and I came to church with $20 in my pocket. You're a little kid, you came to church with $20 in your pocket. Like, I was feeling like big stuff, man. 
right? And you wanted to show it off to everybody. Like you were like, man, look what I got in my pocket to your other, you know, friend that's nine years old. I got 20 bucks. And then I remember sitting there and the offering being taken and, um, or received, by the way. Offering being taken sounds like it's like a stand. Hey, give me your offering. <laughs> right? We try not to do that here at New Life. We don't try to take your offering. Um, we try to receive the offering. But I remember this time it was a missionary and he was communicating and in my little heart, I remember the Lord kind of whispering to me, give me the 20. And I was like, do you know how hard I work for that? <laughs> like, I'm allergic to grass, and I cut grass. <laughs> like, I got 20 bucks, and I got pizza and ice cream on my mind. But I remember when that plate passed, it's like I couldn't stop myself. And the, 20s, the 20 went into the plate. And I remember a different look from my parents at that moment. I, re- I remember what it was like, right, to be a child to a certain extent. But, man, when you look at children, do you, do you guys ever, you, have you watched children play? I mean, you have, if you have grandchildren, like, it's amazing the energy level that kids have that seems almost nonstop, right? I mean, they're down, and then they're up, and then they're spinning, and then they're running, and then they're playing, and you're just sitting in the chair watching them, and you already have vertigo, like you're sitting there and you're like, I'm ready for a nap now. After watching all of this, like I'm exhausted now. And my grandchildren are the exact same way. When they come over to our house, man, they just they they want to play. In fact, you guys know about me, you know, getting hit by that car back on October 24th, and so I've been working with my shoulder. But I mean, I've got a I got a lot more you know movement in it, and they love that for two reasons. Number one, because they ask me when I when they come over to the house, Papa, uh, is your shoulder better? Is your shoulder better? And I go, now I'm saying, like, it's a lot better. And they're like, yes, we can wrestle. <laughs> yes. And then I think other grandchildren are asking, like, hey, Papa, what, which shoulder is it? It's this one. Is it better? I said, yes. They're like, yeah, great. Right? Because now I can reach into this pocket where I keep my money. I keep my money, in, <laughs> I keep my money on this side right here, right? And so I think I, they're this exciting, man, and they're, they're fun to watch, and they're just full of energy, and they're running all over the place until they hit the wall. You guys know what I'm talking about. Kids hit the wall. When they hit the wall, watch out, because you're kind of like, who did you just turn into? Like, where did all this kind, loving stuff go? I want my grandchild back. Where did you go? Right? And they just have that kind of a moment, but I love the way that Children, and I remember this, okay? Try to remember this with me. Try hard. I remember what it was like, right? I love and watch them even today. They're inquisitive. They're adventurous. They're innocent. They aren't afraid. They aren't afraid or intimidated to ask any question about anything, are they? They just aren't. And they're humble learners. They ask and they are like sponges, wanting to take in all of the information they can. And they're constantly using that all-powerful question called what? Why? They're constantly asking why. And you have to be careful at certain ages, like what you're even talking about in the living room or in the kitchen, because if they hear it, then they come up and they're like, hey, wow, awesome. Uh, where do kids come from? And you're like, and you're like uh, I'm not ready for this, right? And, you, and then they go, I, you're not ready for this. Why? You know, so it just creates this problem. And so you got to watch out because they get inquisitive and they're asking all the questions. And really, no matter what you say to these inquisitive, hungry to learn, humble children, whatever you tell them, they take it almost as fact 
right? And then they go out on this journey to try to prove what you said to be true. Let me give you an example. Like if I said to my grandchildren today, if they came over to the house and I said to them very excitedly, hey guys, there's a puppy in the backyard, right? There's a puppy in the backyard. You know what they would do? They would get all excited. What? There's a puppy. Papa finally got soft in his heart and bought Mimi a puppy. This is just an example, by the way. I want to make that clear to my family first and you second, okay? And thirdly, all of you that are watching online. So if I told them that, they would get all excited, and what would they do? Come on, what would they do? They would run towards the door. Why are they running towards the door? Okay, they want to see the puppy, but I guarantee you, like, intuitively, they're also trying to verify, is this information correct? That's what children do. That's what it means to be like a child. A child doesn't just blindly always believe everything they believe it and then they go on a journey to discover if it is true that's what you see children do interestingly enough um, you do realize that this is the way children were when jesus walked the earth right jesus walked the earth kids played kids asked questions kids were adventurous kids got in trouble kids embarrassed their parents in public come on somebody right? Uh, amen to that. Come on. Right, th that's the way kids were. And so kids were all over. Kids were an integral part of culture, right? They're amazing. They're, a, they're fun to have around them. You know, they, they cost a lot of money and, you know, they, well, they're just fun to have around. And I mean, they, so there they were. And Jesus used them as an example, he uses them as, as examples in his teachings. And one of those places you find in Luke chapter 18, verses 15 through 17. He says that one day, some parents, they brought their little children to Jesus so that he could touch and he could bless them. It was customary that parents would bring their children to you know, spiritual rabbis for them to lay their hands on their head and pray a blessing over them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering Jesus. Then Jesus called for the children, and he said to the, to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For, he said this, For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. And I tell you the truth, anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Did you hear those two very important things that Jesus said? And by the way, he wasn't saying those things to children he was saying them to you and me. He said this, the kingdom of God belongs to adults who are like children. He said that if you don't receive the kingdom of God to adults like a child, then you don't, you don't get it. It eludes you. It stays far from you. Now, some people have misinterpreted this, and they thought, they've said to themselves, and they've preached that, well, then it means that you've got to have childlike faith to have eternal life. And I would say to you that eternal life is very specific in God's Word, and it really lays out what does it mean to have eternal life, and it boils it down to these two things. You have to believe and confess. Remember John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever would believe in him, believe in him, would have what? Eternal life. Okay, belief. But then there was also the confession of our sins. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is, finish it, eternal life. So there's belief and confession. 
those are the things that gain eternal life. And the reason why is because if it's anything else, then it's your works that are getting you eternal life. And it's not by works that we are saved and get eternal life with Christ forever. It's by belief in him and it is also by the confession of our sins. So what in the world was Jesus talking about in Luke chapter 18? Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God being revealed here on earth. He's talking about, hey, look, unless you come to him, unless you come to the Father like a child, you're going to miss the kingdom of God coming here on earth. You're going to miss the mysteries of the kingdom of God being revealed to you unless you come to him with a childlike faith. Let's just remember what Jesus taught us when he taught us to pray. He said, look, pray like this. Father, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. So when Jesus talks about the kingdom, he's talking about the kingdom coming here on earth. And he's saying, look, it's, it, it's desperately important that you get this. If you're going to grasp the principles of the kingdom, you have to come to me with a childlike faith. Well, what, is, what does grasping the kingdom kind of mean? Let me just do a brief summary really quickly. It means this, to grasp the teachings of God found in his word. Or to really wrap your arms around the deity of God. That Jesus is God. Or it's to have that awe and that wonder of God that there's nothing impossible for God. It's to learn what it means to walk in submission to the authority of God. It's to establish the throne of Jesus upon your heart here on this earth. And Jesus is saying this very clearly and very plainly. You're going to miss all of that unless you come with a childlike faith. And by the way, Jesus didn't put a timeline on childlike faith. He didn't say, oh, by the way, you start with childlike faith, and then, you know, it goes on to other things. No, that's not what he said. He just basically said, look, you have to maintain a childlike faith. What, what does a childlike faith even look like? Can I, let me just summarize it as well. Not to be exhaustive, but just to do a quick summary. It would first mean this, dependency. To have a dependency on, on Christ. Right? Like, have you lost your dependency on him? Because in our world, you've worked hard and you've got your paycheck and you're, you're slave to your schedule and you come and you go and you do your thing and one of the things on your schedule is God on Sunday. Have you lost your dependency on Christ? Right? A child doesn't get the chance to lose their dependency on their parents. If you're a child, you're dependent on your parents. In so many different ways. And God's, God's basically driving home for you and me. You've got to maintain that dependency. Don't lose that. You also have to do this. You have to hang on to openness. That's another word. Openness. What, is, what do you mean? I mean the transparency factor. Right? I mean, come on. I, I raised four kids. There was something supernatural about raising those kids that through the power of the Holy Spirit, it was amazing how you could come and you could see your child and instantaneously you could know something's up. How many of you freaked out when you realized your parents knew something was up and you hadn't even told them anything? And then they asked you, what's going on? You're like, nothing. No, I can't tell. Something's going on. Okay, here's what happened, right? And it's, it's incredible how, how that happens. And that's what God's going. Look, I want you to stay open and honest with me. I already know 
I already know it all. So stay like a child and confess. Live a life of repentance. But also be adventurous. Be adventurous. And some of you stopped going on earthly adventures, and some of you have stopped going on spiritual adventures. When was the last time you went on a spiritual adventure to discover something new about God? To climb a new mountain with God? Right? To go to, go to the, the highest peaks and the deepest valleys to discover some spiritual principle of who he is? When was the last time you went on a spiritual adventure? When was the last time you said, you know what, I'm going to sign up for that foreign go trip and I'm going to go someplace I've never gone before and stand in front of people I've never seen before and be an example and a witness of Jesus Christ? You see what I'm saying? Like, when was the last time you said, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and I'm going to sign up and I'm going to volunteer to be a part of uh, somebody on one of our ministry teams? Like, what was the last time you went on an adventure with God? Because if you haven't gone on an adventure with God lately, I'm going to tell you, you probably are losing some of that childlike faith. And if you feel like your relationship with God is growing a little mundane, it might be you haven't gone on an adventure lately. A venture of prayer, a venture into his word. Lastly, a childlike faith would be to have complete trust in Jesus. Just that kind of trust, that blind trust that says, wherever you're going, I'm going. Even if pain's involved, I'm going. I trust you. Right? That kind of trust that a child has to have for their parents. That you're going to, you're going to feed me, right? You're going to keep a roof over my head, right? You're going to make sure that I get to school, right? That kind of trust that you have. Don't lose that trust. You lose that trust, you're losing the very essence of a childlike faith. And when you lose a childlike faith, then you're going to miss out on the mysteries of the kingdom of God being revealed. Why? Why does this happen? You know why? <laughs> like, spoiler alert, we, we grew up. We grew up. And as we grew up physically, then behaviors, thought processes, expectations changed. And along with that, we, we bought the lie that now somehow we've got to be all put together in front of Christ and We've got to show off to him like we try to show off to one another. Like, I got my life all put together. Everything's good. Hey, how's life going? Great. Great. And you don't tell them that yesterday you got fired. That's not the answer we give. We go, great, great. Because that's how we have to project ourselves. We think we ought to do that with God, but God the whole time going, I see right through your facade. Your facade doesn't work for me, by the way. It, it doesn't, you're having a bad day. You're having a bad day. I want to talk to you about that. You're going through difficult times, it's okay. I want to walk with you through those. You don't have to be so independent, all put together like you feel like you have to do with other peers. So we grew up, we lost our sense of adventure, and we lost our desire to learn new things. And we got stuck in our ways somewhere along the way, right? And we got dependent on the resources that we created, and we started trusting in what we can see and we lost our awe and our wonder of God. And Jesus is telling us in all of that, that leads to death. I need you to come back to a childlike wonder and awe and adventure. And that's what you find in episode three. Jesus has been discovered by these kids. These kids love hanging out with him. 
And Jesus is teaching them like they are going to be his future disciples, but you and me already know that he's only here on this earth in his ministry for three, three and a half years. So these kids are not going to grow up quick enough. But yet, here in this episode, you see Jesus putting a great value on children, and he drives home this principle that we're talking about today of what it looks like to have childlike faith. Let, let the chosen kind of go on their creative license to help you kind of understand the heart behind Jesus as he's talking about a childlike faith. Watch both the way the kids respond and the way Jesus responds to them. So what did you do? I tried to walk away, but he wouldn't stop pushing me. So I pushed him so hard he fell down. And that's why you were punished. Did you expect something different? But even Torah says eye for eye. Why should I be punished too? Yes, but that is for a judge. You were hardly in a court of law. And you, all of you, are to be special. You are to act differently than others. You tell us to be gentle, but Rabbi Josiah said Messiah would lead us against the Romans, that he would be a great military leader. It is important to respect your teachers and honor your parents. And Rabbi Josiah is a smart man. But many times, smart men lack wisdom. Is there anything in scripture that says Messiah will be a great military leader? There are many things about scripture that you cannot understand yet, and that is okay, that is fine. You have many years ahead of you. God does not reveal all things at once. But children, what if many of the things that our people think about how we are to behave and how we are to treat one another are wrong? You want things to be fair. When someone wrongs you, you want to right it. And you know who else loves justice? But what does the Lord say in the law of Moses? about justice and vengeance. Vengeance is mine. Yes, very good. Very good. Boys, pay attention. She doesn't even go to Torah class, huh? <laughs> the Lord loves justice. But maybe it is not ours to handle. Do you remember when David had the chance to kill King Saul, who was evil to him? But he didn't. Saul was God's anointed. And it was not the right time for justice. And God says he will have compassion on his people when... What? Let's see if someone who studies this at school is learning, huh? When their strength is gone? Yes, very good. So, maybe we let God provide the justice. Hmm? Maybe we handle these things in a different way. Not trying to be the strongest all the time. Even Messiah? You will have to see. But do not expect Messiah to arrive in Jerusalem on a tall horse carrying weapons. And he will be most pleased with those of you who are the peacemakers. Where were you yesterday? I had to stay in town later on. There was a woman who needed my help. Did you bug something for her? You know, you remember when I said that I have a job that is bigger than my trade? 
There is a woman who has had much pain in her life. And she was in trouble. So I helped her. Is she your friend? She is now. And I have chosen her and others, and more soon, to join me in traveling. Do they know you? Not yet. But what if they don't like you? <laughs> Many won't. This is my reason for being here. I still don't understand. What is your reason for being here? I'm telling you this. Because even though you are children, and the elders in your life have lived longer, many times, adults need the faith of children. And if you hold on to this faith, really tightly, someday soon, you will understand all of what I am saying to you. But you ask an important question, Abigail. What is my reason for being here? And the answer is for all of you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Isaiah. Isaiah. I have loved spending this time with you. You are all so very special. And I hope that my next students ask the same questions you do, and that they listen to my answers. But I suspect they do not have the understanding you do. And I hope that when the time comes, they will tell others about me, like you have. I think, I think the takeaway here is two things. One, did you notice how these children were so inquisitive? And even though we are now grown-ups, this is the attitude Jesus still wants from you and me. He wants us to still have that question-asking, inquisitive nature about us as we come to him in his word, as we come to him in prayer, as we sit here today. But the thing I think you really need to hear was that statement that, that, that um, the character playing Jesus made. He said these words, he goes, I hope that my next students have faith like you do. Talking to those children, I hope that my next students, who's the next students? You and me right now. It's you and me right now. Jesus, his desire is that you and me would be just as inquisitive as we just observe those children to be with him. That we have to come back to a childlike faith if we want to gain the best. You want to gain the best in this spiritual journey? Come back to a childlike faith. So what does that mean? It starts by asking more questions. Ask questions to the pastors, right? I mean, look, our younger staff pastors, they need you to ask the really hard questions to them. Throw the easy ones my way. I'll help you. But ask them questions and so that, they, that you guys can, you can learn from one another. Like ask life group uh, leaders 
Ask them questions. Like it's one of the examples that we try to set here is, look, be in a large setting like we are now, but also be in a small group. Why? Well, you just saw it. You witnessed it. You watched in a perfect example of what it means to be in a small group, right? Jesus leading the small group of children. They all had the ability to ask a question. So lean in, ask your questions and learn. And by the way, when you ask your question, you're helping everyone else in the group. But most importantly, I would say this to you, ask God questions. Ask him questions. Ask him questions about what's going on in your life. His shoulders are big enough. They're big enough for any question you got for him, right? But then you got to listen for the answer, right? And how do you listen for the answer from God when you're asking him questions? Listen through scripture. As you're reading through scripture, you're looking for the answer. As you're in a moment of prayer, you're listening for that voice of the Holy Spirit that is kind of like whispered to your heart. It may not be anything big and profound. You may actually think, did I just think that in my mind? Right? But the Holy Spirit will work in those ways and then obviously listen to the conversations that you have. There's nothing wrong with asking God questions. Right? But here's one thing I do want to correct. Some of you might say, well, I have a, uh, like an unquestioning faith in God. He said it, I believe it. That's fact. He wrote it, I do it, that's fact. The unquestioning faith versus childlike faith. Like, I think it's awesome that you have an unquestioning faith that that's who you are, right? Man, awesome. Just th- this, this, here's my suggestion for you. Here's my advice or wisdom for you. Don't stay there. You have unquestioning faith. That means this, that the roots of your faith probably haven't gone very deep. And when the storm comes and when it hits, it might rock your boat. And by the way, just so you know, Jesus never called us to have unquestioning faith. He called you to have childlike faith. And you know the big difference? Childlike faith seeks to understand. Because they just keep asking questions. And they keep asking questions. And the truth keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. So yes, have your unquestioning faith. But that's the beginning, not the ending. What's the ending look like? Childlike faith, because it leads to fresh revelations of God. That's what Jesus said. Look at Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. He said, look, at that time Jesus prayed this prayer. Oh, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things, these kingdom of God principles, from those who think themselves wise and clever, and for revealing them to the what? The childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. Did you realize that there are things that you will, they're they're like some of my jokes. They went like this right over the top of your head today. That there are things about God that you won't grasp until you decide to come to him with a childlike heart. That you come to him with your like, I got it all figured out. Look what I've done. Look how much I've read of the Bible. Look what I know. You come to it with that kind of heart. He's like, I'll just keep that book closed for a little bit. I'm going to wait for a humble learner. I'm going to wait for somebody that's 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 a humble seeker of me and then i will open up i will open up these fresh revelations of who i am to you that's who our god is which leads me really to this final statement as i wrap this message up we're called to have childlike faith but we're not called to have immature faith childlike faith is not immature faith and if you've thought that you've been wrong a childlike faith is something that we can't lose But my fear is that many of us have lost it somewhere along the journey because we grew up. 
And somehow, we've got to come back to God with that heart like a child again. And start seeking Him with wonder and awe. Start being inquisitive again in our faith. Did you realize that asking questions doesn't mean that you're doubting, right? Asking questions is because you're seeking to understand. And you can do that. You can ask your questions with this attitude of seeking to understand because just possibly, based on what Jesus told us, some of your greatest spiritual maturity is ahead of you if you'll go back and start seeking him like a child. I hope that makes sense. I hope that that kind of lands inside of your heart. Because Jesus said this in Matthew 18, 4. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child, what does it say? Is the what? The greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's what I want for you. I want you to be, I want you like that. Greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What do you have to do? You have to become humble like a little child and come back to him. That's what I want us to do in our worship right now. Why don't you stand with me? Let's come before him like humble children and let's seek him with a heart of dependency, desperation, openness, right? With a heart of trust. Right? Let's come before him with that attitude and I guarantee you, just see if God doesn't show up in your life in a fresh way today. Father, I pray for this church. Lord, I pray for those who heard this message today. The Lord, we would figure out what it means to stay inquisitive in our faith. We would, we would learn what it means to stay in awe of you and have the wonder of what's possible with you. Don't let us lose that, God. Don't let us lose the adventure in our hearts. Don't let us lose the dependency upon you. That Lord, without you, we're nothing. Don't let us lose trust in you just because we've become adults and we grew up and we became successful in our own rights. Lord, don't let us lose the openness before you that you know, we hide everything from everyone. No one really truly knows us. And we think we have to do the same thing with you, but you're the only one that knows us. You know us better than we know ourselves. So Lord, Lord, don't let us lose that. So may we come to you in this time of worship with awe and wonder today. May we lift our hands, may we lift our face to you. May we seek you. May we pursue you. Lord, I pray that the hungry in this house would find you. And that those who seek to know you would, would know you. And those who seek to understand would understand. And those who seek with questions would find the answers. And those who come to you as humble children will become the greatest. In Jesus' name, amen.